Welcome to Tecon Brujita, where we drink some tea and talk all witchy things. I'm Natalie Rodriguez. Come and flow with me as we jump to today's topic. Welcome. Welcome back to Tecon Brujita. For the month of June, we are exploring growth, looking into topics that help us in our own personal development. We started the month off by strengthening our solar plexus, so working with our power center. Then we dove into mentorship and womanhood. That was last week's episode. Today, we are looking into physical health and spirituality. We are exploring the divine connection between our body and spirituality, practices that align the body and spirit. So in those, we have two practices that we're going to be exploring. And last, we are going to dive into what are high vibration foods, right? What are those? Today's tea is a throwback one for me. It reminds me of the days I used to work in the school district and I didn't have a lot of time. So my to-go cup of tea was green tea with vanilla creamer. For today's cup, I upped it up by adding cinnamon, honey, and a dash of actual vanilla extract. It's in a Christmas cup. It says warm wishes. It's a green Christmas cup. Let's go ahead and dive deep. What is the connection between our body and spirituality? If you grew up Christian, you might have heard this biblical verse thrown at you when you asked for that tattoo as a teen. And if it's just me, let's go ahead and vibe. I was told my body is the temple, it's the temple of God. So for those that may not know, the complete verse comes from Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. And the actual verse states, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God and you are not your own? From this verse, the meaning is that a temple is a sacred place of worship. It's meant to be clean and it's a place of reverence. It's to be kept from impurities and given the Sabbath for a spiritual rest. If you grew up Christian, you might be familiar with this one, or if not, then welcome. Let's break this down a little bit more. If our body is a temple, what are the impurities that it refers to? The impurities in this case is anything that weighs you down. It lowers your frequency or doesn't allow you to be in spiritual alignment. So what are these things? What are these impurities? The Bible and many religious and sacred books give you an external spiritual code. And this would be a blueprint of things considered impure. Examples of these include having tattoos, piercings, sexual activities outside of marriage, dietary restrictions, boy consuming harmful substances such as alcohol, caffeine, or items considered unclean. They also discuss what we consume from our senses, it also weighs down the spirit. So the music we listen to, the news or social media, what we read, causing panic, fear, worry, and this existential crisis. When we operate from these low level frequencies, we are manipulated easier than someone who isn't dissuaded as easy. And let's go to the macro level for a second, you know, by looking into the society within the United States. Let's talk about environmental racism. When you walk into majority black and brown neighborhoods, you will see an increase of corner stores that sell liquor and cigarettes, 
you'll see a plethora of fast foods, access to all of these things has been flooded within the community. When you travel into more affluent or white neighborhoods, you tend to see grocery stores that have access to fresh fruit and veggies. You see healthy food restaurant options. Even the schools are funded and have the technology, even access to longer term teachers in their schools. There's less turnover rate. When we return to the micro level, at the individual level, being black and brown and being healthy is a revolutionary act. It's a spiritual one. We like to think that each component in the mind-body-soul connection is separate, but in actuality, they are interconnected. This means that what we do at one level will affect the other one. Have you ever been sad and listened to more sad music? Do you feel happier through it as you're listening to the sad music? The usual answer is a no, because listening to sad music when you're sad only feeds more sadness into it. Granted, I'm not saying this is bad or wrong. At the contrary, this gives us the opportunity to cry it out, feel understood as you listen to the song, you know, feel our sadness, sit with it and process it, which I will always recommend for you to feel your feelings. This example is to help clarify that this is what I mean when one level affects the other one. I want to bring this really cool social experiment that I was watching on Netflix with my mom. It's a show called 100 Humans. It's a social experiment show. Test theories and hypotheses about social interactions. In this episode, they were trying to see if praise or punishment had a greater impact in shaping a human's reality. In this specific experiment, they had participants learn a new skill, and the skill was to spin discs on a stick for an hour. Then they were going to be individually graded and tested on this new skill. They would have two rounds. In the first round, they will, you know, perform. And at random, they would either receive a praise, like great job, or they would receive a critique. Do a better job. My dog can do better than you. Horrible, right? They had the contestants come in. At random, they gave a praise or they gave a critique. When I tell you that their results were like actually really mind-blowing, you know I'm a nerd. I'm a geek out. Anytime there's social experiments or experiments or science, yes, I'm a geek out. Okay, here's what they found. Participants who received praise in the first round all scored higher in the second round. The participants who received criticism, they all performed lower in their second round. And so criticism had deflated humans' perception of their own abilities, making themselves doubt, be in their heads, overthinking their performance, and it led to underperforming. So they did worse. It was like really obvious that they were in their head. This made me think about how that was just listening to criticism from somebody outside and external that they did not know. Imagine the impact that had on their self-confidence and their trust in their capacity and ability. But can you imagine the amount of inner talk that we do to ourselves? This social experiment you know, was showcasing the mind-body connection. But this social experiment was focused on outside criticism. So thinking about the inner talk that we do to ourselves daily, 
we got to question ourselves, is my inner monologue a nice one towards me? Or does your inner critic run rampant in your mind and you catastrophize and you spiral and it's everything negative? We got to be mindful of the things that we feed even ourselves in our head because everything is a connection, baby. As we dive into the mind-body-soul connection, there are different practices that link the body and spirituality together. And for this episode, we're going to just look at two. The first one, semen retention. So this is for my brujitos. <laughs> if I got some brujitos in the house or some brujitas who are curious about this. Semen retention is the practice of intentionally avoiding ejaculation. This practice originates from Taoism, which is a Chinese philosophy that later was made into a religion under the Tang Dynasty. Taoism holds that humans and animals should live in balance with the Tao or the universe. And this is the religion that is associated universally with the yin yang symbol about, you know, being easier to flow and live in balance with the divine masculine and feminine energies. So Taoism equates energy or chi to life force with the semen of a man. It teaches not to waste it because ejaculation drains the vital energy from the man. So sexual self-control is a way of maintaining and increasing your life force. What are some benefits of doing semen retention? Some benefits to doing this practice, it actually improves fertility. It's been found that, you know, abstaining from releasing and ejaculating, it actually increases your sperm count. It increases testosterone levels. After a period of three weeks, it was seen that uh, there was a spike in testosterone levels in men who held their ejaculation. The third benefit includes a better overall physical health. Granted, this could be because you're not dealing with other people's energies when it comes to having, you know, one night stands or et cetera, things like that. Your time is being put into other priorities. Maybe you're working out more. You're using that time that you would have dedicated to engaging in sexual acts into things that better your health. This second practice, you could be a little bit more familiar. Fasting. Fasting is abstaining from all or some food and drinks for a given period of time. Some of the benefits of fasting include a longer life, a leaner body, and a sharper mind. So fasting helps you lose weight, normalize insulin levels, boost the immune system. It helps increase human growth hormone, even spurs cell regeneration. Listen, and the way it works is because you're giving your body a break from processing food. So the fat stores are fed upon and cells get a chance to go into repair mode. So they take all of the old and damaged ones. They are destroyed and new cells are regenerated. The practice of fasting, it dates back centuries and is thought to be one of the oldest therapies in medicine. Fasting plays a central role in a lot of cultures and religious practices. Catholics, they fast on Good Friday, on Ash Wednesday. Muslims, they keep the Ramadan, which is a month of fasting. And many other religions partake into this. Now, in the Western medicine, it's now being promoted for physical 
benefits, as I mentioned. Fasting helps purify the body and clarify the mind. And because of this, fasting is considered a spiritual practice because fasting deepens the practice of self-discipline, self-control, sacrifice, and empathy for those who are less fortunate. When you intentionally withhold giving food to your body, you are practicing self-discipline and self-control for the amount of time that you engage and you want to fast, however long. You can read more about the sacred practice of fasting, the book called The Sacred Art of Fasting by Thomas Ryan, priest, he's a pastor, referring to the fasting, a spiritual or just a physical practice. He states in his book the following. It doesn't have to be either or. It can and should be both because we are not just bodies and we are not just spirits. We are embodied spirits and spirited flesh. What is good for me physically is good for me. And what is good for me spiritually is good for me. There's only one me to which it all comes back. So if it's good for me, the real question now becomes, when should we fast? If you are seeking guidance into the next phase of your life, that's a good moment to do a fast, to help tune in, tap into your own voice, intuition, and divinity. Feeling called and pulled to do a fast because your body is craving one, a cleanse, a deep cleanse. Fasting should be done with an open heart and hand to receive guidance and direction from God. It should not be utilized as a tool. If I fast, you're going to grant me this type of situation with God, source, universe, divinity. It doesn't work like that. Fasting can also be utilized if you have a desire to strengthen the will of your spirit. So the will of the spirit is like a muscle. The more you practice, the more it develops and strengthens. So the will of the spirit is your ability to have discipline and be committed to something and seeing how far and how much self-control and self-discipline you possess. So it is a spiritual practice. And we've all seen those videos of the kids when they put candy in front of them and they're asked to not touch it by the parent. That's the will of the spirit. So if you needed a visual, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, so you fasted and now it's time to break the fast and have break fast. Okay, okay, I'm gonna start with the jokes. Is breakfast, you're breaking your fast. So this is the time to indulge in high vibration foods. What are high vibration foods, you might ask? Listen, if you didn't know, everything is energy. So food is energy. In this case, these are going to be foods that can raise your energy and significantly impact the quality of your life. When we consume food with a high vibration, we effectively raise our own energetic vibration. When we consume nutrient-poor or lower vibrational food, our energy dips and we can suffer on a physical and emotional level. So if you ever eat, for example, like fried foods and then you feel heavy and like, I'm so full and now you're feeling lethargic, lazy, you want to sit back and rest. So that's what it means and the difference in energies. 
High vibration foods include, but this is not a limited list, it includes eating leafy greens like kale, spinach, collard greens, eating fresh berries, blueberries, strawberry, cranberries, herbs and spices like ginger, cinnamon, turmeric. You can eat sprouts and microgreens, and these are actually going to be seeds when they start germinating into plants. So that moment where they're like spreading out from seeds into plants, those are called, you know, sprouts or microgreens. And these are going to contain a high powered enzymes, vitamins and minerals because they got so much life. They're about to grow. So you can eat broccoli or radish sprouts. These are going to be really healthy and good for you. You can also eat fermented foods like kombucha. Kombucha, that's a good fermented drink. You might be not used to eating veggies or fruits. And listen, that's okay. First, we train our palate to acquire tastes like beer, coffee, and alcohol. These are things that we acquire. So the same goes the other way for fruits and veggies. You acquire the taste for it. Put it all in a smoothie so you don't have to taste or eat them individually. If this is not a taste that you have in your taste buds just yet, just put it all in a smoothie, add a little bit of honey, and baby, that's your breakfast, okay? Two, make sure you're not overeating when you're coming out of your fast. Like, don't overeat because then that defeats the purpose of you taking your fast. So just make sure you're, you know, conscientious of what you're eating, like what types of foods and how much. That's it. As we close today's episode on physical health and spirituality, I hope you are curious to try fasting, eating high vibration foods, or semen retention if you have the anatomy for that. The main takeaway, it is key to be aware of the personal power you have over your own mind-body-soul connection. And we can grow in our ability to take care of our body. Do it, if not for the deeper spiritual connection and alignment within ourselves, at least do it for the revolution to bring the system down. Listen, health is the true wealth. And with that, you know, I will leave the revolution be. Join me next Thursday as we explore the energy of cancers, how to best utilize this cancer energy in our own growth and personal development. I hope you're having a beautiful beginning of your summer solstice. May you have a beautiful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you are listening in. Until next time, stay witchy, Brujitas. Mm -hmm.